I'll be reading 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 12. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me. For I ought to have been commended by you, for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance, in signs and wonders and in mighty deeds. Good morning. Good to be together this morning on the Lord's Day. It's always a blessing. And this passage that we are looking at this morning is a part of the passage for the month and looking at God's grace. Over the next three weeks, we'll be studying the subject of God's grace. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the providence of God's grace. A lot of times people think of uh, the grace of God and they limit it to His uh, favor and as far as the forgiveness of sins. But this morning, we're going to look at His providential care, how it shall strengthen us. In the next two weeks, next week we'll be looking at God's grace as far as the forgiveness of our sins and extent there. And then the third week, we're going to look at God's grace because some people today take God's grace and they misuse it. And they try to use it to allow themselves room to sin and that God's grace will permit them to continue and live in a sinful lifestyle. And the Bible clearly teaches against that, warns against people who would come around and would come to teach that. This morning, we look at God's grace in the midst of weaknesses, distresses, and the things that we go through, the strength that we should have in it. Like the psalm we just sang, that we will put our trust in God and in His promises and thank God for His, His grace. Oftentimes, we talk about the grace that we're going to look at right here as God's providence or providing way, and that's very, very clear. I think Paul has a lot for us to learn from this text, and we're going to look and dive deep into it. I hope that it reaches your mind and your heart as well. Have you ever found strength that you did not know that you had? And I mean that, I mean the strength that God gives you. You've been through something, you said, I'll never know how I can endure that or go through that event. And yet you get through it. And you know that it's by the blessings of God. Everything seems to line up just right in your life to draw you closer to Him. I can look at a number of things in my life, whether it was through sin or trials or struggles or through just things that go on in life that hurt you, distresses and calamities, things that we would say, I never want to go through that. And yet we find strength, strength in Christ. So I want to encourage you in that this morning. The Apostle Paul did the same thing. We want to grow in that area. We want to find strength. Has someone ever tried to weaken you through slander? Maybe you picked up on that when Garrett was reading for us from 2 Corinthians. But Paul is being slandered by some there at Corinth, and they're saying some things about him. 
And he says, bear with me. I'm going to be a little foolish here, and I'm going to boast. And usually you think of boasting as something that we would want to stay away from as prideful. And yet the Bible says that we need to boast in Christ. And Jesus is apparent and present in Paul's life. And Paul is going to show us here a way that we do need to boast. We do need to speak about our lives, our weaknesses, our struggles. People do need to hear the things that we have gone through. Our brethren around us need to know that because it's in those weaknesses that we can tell them, this is how I found strength. And sometimes you will have people just come out and ask you that. I know that you went through this hard time. I know you made through these struggles, but you were strong and you made it through that. How, how was it that you were able to do that? Oh, there's the door. The door is open wide. I'll tell you how. It's by my faith because I believe in Christ and I believe in God and I believe in the Bible and I trust in him that I would come through those events. And so here Paul is going through a time of slander. Now, Paul's concern here is not really with himself. We're going to see that this morning. He's not going to defend himself in the sense of, listen, all this is not true and it really offends me. It's more of, I don't want you to be led astray. I don't want you to believe this and here push me aside in the gospel message I bring to you and go after something else. And Paul gives us encouragement here to be strong in the midst of slander when others speak against us and when others try to weaken us. We find strength in him. The truth is, we're going to see this morning, is God's grace is enough for you. God's grace is enough for you. It is sufficient for you. Paul gives a list of descriptions of trials and the things that he's gone through in the scriptures. And he is emphatic about what God's grace does for him, the power it gives him. And I think we as Christians need to think about that because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, I have. I said, God, why am I going through this? Have I not been faithful to you? Have I been not trying to follow your word? And yet now I have this sickness and now I can't pay my bills. I can't go through these hard times. Why is this happening to my family? Why, is, why are my parents going through this? Why are these things upon me? Are you not with me? And I think a lot of people ask that question. And, and they use it sometimes to push away from God instead of drawing closer to Him. Instead of seeing those times as weakness and this time to seek out God. This is what Paul says. I think we can relate to it. Paul prayed three times to God to remove this thorn from his flesh. You ever did that? God, I've prayed to you. I've prayed to you over and over again. Take this thorn from me. Take this sickness from me. Take this thing that I'm going from. Why haven't you done it? This is how God responded to Paul and how he responds to us. I believe God always answers our prayers as Christians. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's, it's a depends. Sometimes it's, it's coming later. We've got to see God's providence and this is how God responded. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for my power is made perfect in weakness. And you think about that. If we went through our whole life boasting of how great we are, the things that we can do, our strength, where is God in that? Where is Christ in that? In fact, the Bible says that the law came in Romans chapter 3 to bring us all under the law and convict us of sin so that we all know that we need a creator, that we need our Savior. We've all done evil. We can't even keep our own moral code of what is right and wrong if you even make it up yourself instead of going to the Bible. People can't even keep their own code. Well, we want to go to the Bible, of course, for that truth. But the point is this. You can't stand before God on the day of judgment and say, I'm not guilty. You were weak before him. And that's where God's power is manifested. 
For this reason, Paul boasted of his weaknesses because it demonstrated God's power. How does this help me in the time of struggles? I hope you see this. The things that you've gone through, it's for you to help you. So you can talk to your friends and your family, to open up doors, to be a light in this world, to be an example, to show God's power, to show what the gospel does through a Christian who suffered and gone through hard times, how they can remain true. Sometimes we think about our praying. How many times must I pray to God for him to help me? Jesus would say, continue to pray and constantly pray. I think we need to rethink prayer. Some people have given up on prayer. They treat prayer as something where I ask God and he's got to give it to me. And that's not what prayer is. It's not how it works. It's a request to God. It is an appeal to him. How did Paul pray? We see here in the passage before he prayed three times and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane prayed three times, and yet he still went to the cross and bore our sins there. Sometimes when we pray, we're not going to get exactly what we expect or what we want. We are going to get what happens in our life that's going to help demonstrate Christ. In fact, the scriptures say in Romans chapter 9 that even those who do wicked and do evil, even the things that they do, God is still manifested as in charge. His justice whatever, about his power, his greatness, the amazing nature of God will be manifested through him. So when we pray, I know the Bible says pray, and it should. We should be praying constantly, continuously. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, other scriptures as well tell us that. God certainly hears us, and he hears us the first time. But why pray if God already knows? What's going to happen? He's already going to do his will, and he already knows what you need. Prayer is this. Prayer is for us to invite God and say, God, I want you to be involved. I want you to direct me and my paths and where I'm going to go. It is an invitation to God that I want you in my life. We go through these things, these struggles in our life. Someone slanders us, belittles us, and we start to ignore God. We said, I've already done all these prayers. God, you know you should have helped me. We're actually doing the exact opposite of what we need to be doing. We need to be asking God, I want you to be there to comfort me. I want your way, whatever you decide. And I trust in you. I trust in you. This lesson this morning is centered much around knowing God's grace so that we will trust our Savior. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect. In other words, my power is made complete in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now listen to that. I'm going to boast of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ rests upon me. I want that blessing. I want the power of Christ upon me. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Everybody in here should be able to relate to that. Yes, I have weaknesses and sicknesses. I have faults of mine. And Paul is coming face to face to some of this as people were speaking against him. Insults, he heard them. Hardships, they were always before him. Persecutions, Paul had been stoned before. Calamities, Paul knew all about it. And he says, and I prayed to God and I trusted in him. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because of strength comes from Christ. Do you want Christ's power resting on you? Many times weakness is what you need. It's what you need to open your eyes to develop character, to develop hope in your life. 
Romans chapter 5 tells us that. And no matter what we go through and how much we pray, God's grace is sufficient. It is enough. His providence is there. And we need to have confidence in passages like Romans 8 and verse 28, where Paul said, And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That passage should be on our heart. Look at 2 Corinthians again. Why was Paul posting in his weaknesses? He said there's a problem there at Corinth. There were false teachers, these men who were calling themselves super apostles, saying they were greater than others. They were boasting of themselves. They were comparing one another to each other. And I would expect that from Corinth and Athens. I would expect that from those who considered themselves great philosophers and thinkers in that area. And Athens and Corinth are very close to each other. This is, this is something that you would, you would think you would see here. St. Corinthians 10 and verse 1, it says, I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. What's Paul saying here? He's reflecting what these people were saying against him. They're saying, when well, Paul is here, he's so low, and he doesn't seem like he has any kind of power or authority. In fact, they're going to say more about his speaking, as you're going to, you can read that next passage there. He says, so face to face, we see him as low and humble, but when he's away, oh, he seems so bold in the letters that he writes. They're speaking against him. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 10, they said this about him, for they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Now they're speaking against him and they're saying, you know, Paul's not a good speaker. His presence is not strong. And they, they, they try to shift the church there away from the apostles and the gospel to something else. And yet Paul in all of this, he trusts in the grace of God. He encourages them here. As these false teachers were slandering Paul, he says, this is why I'm speaking to you. It's not that I want to defend myself. It's I don't want you to have any reason to take the gospel and put it aside for something else. And this is what we see today in many churches. You have false teaching. You have men who are boastful and prideful, who think so much of themselves, and they change and they alter the gospel. At 2 Corinthians 11, the first three verses, Paul says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you. In other words, I care for you, and I love you, and I want things to be right. Since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so true. We start playing favoritism with our favorite preacher today. A lot of people will say, I'm, I'm Paul, I'm, I'm of Apollos. Or they pick their favorite church instead of going back and saying, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to follow men who are dedicated to him, uh, who are setting the example of him. I'm going to follow the apostles and prophets and follow the scriptures. I'm not going to go after any man-made church. I want the church of Jesus Christ, the one that's presented in scripture. We need to have that devotion. I want you to look a little bit further here at Paul as an example of his influence, how he demonstrates God's grace working in his life, how he boasts in his weaknesses. You have your Bibles. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Good verses 14 through 11. Here's some of the observations I take from the text. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 14 to 18. 
And Paul here, he says, do not boast in the labors of others. And this is evidently what they're doing. They're coming in. Here's the church that Paul came and he taught the gospel to them and started this congregation. And yet these others were boasting in his work or in each other's labors. They're trying to get the glory for themselves. The Christian's desire must be that the faith of other Christians increase and that the gospel spreads. That's what we want. It's not a defense of ourselves. When we boast of our weaknesses, but it is the reliance on God's grace and the hope that the gospel will spread, that we'll be a light in this world. Paul also says this, boast in the Lord. If you're going to boast, boast in him. That's why we boast in weaknesses. And the Lord commends the one who is approved. God will commend. It doesn't matter what man says. Paul boasted of his weaknesses, and he did it in the reliance of God's grace. He relied on God, trusting in what God was going to give him and bless him in his life. This is what he says here in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. I want to also go back here and look at 2 Corinthians 10, 14 through 15. Here are the observations again from the text. Make your own. It says in verse 14, For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, For we were first to come all the way to you. We're the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Paul's contrasting the true nature of an apostle and someone's following Christ from the false teachers. He says you don't need to be measuring yourself compared to others. You need to be trusting in the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 12-13, he writes, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. We're not going to compare ourselves with these false teachers. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits. But we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. So how would slandering Paul hurt the church? So Paul says this. Here's the false teaching that was happening. He talks about the air that comes about when those start listening to these men who say, you know, Paul's not a good speaker. His writings are essentially false. You can't trust him face to face. This is what Paul says. Here's his concern. He says, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you receive, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. And they were. These other teachers are coming and telling them about another Jesus and another Christ. They were telling them in another spirit, and they were speaking of another gospel. And Paul's concern was they were twisting it, and they were going to lose their souls over it. He says, Indeed, I consider that I am not least inferior to these super apostles. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way, we have made this plain to you in all things. Paul's plea was that. He was going to boast in weaknesses because he relied in God's grace. Before we finish this morning, I want you to look at what the consequences are in a congregation where people are boasting and looking to be the most influential and trying to step on one another. 2 Corinthians 12, 19 to 21. 
He says, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ, all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. Paul, in all of this, he's pleading. 2 Corinthians 10 through chapter 13, saying, listen, boast in your weaknesses. Boast of God's grace. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't slander each other. When you become this prideful and this, have this kind of mindset, this is what happens. There's going to be jealousy and anger among you. There's going to be slander and gossip and conceit. Any kind of disorder, it's going to be there. He says, because of this and this state of the congregation, I know that, and he wrote in 1 Corinthians, he had all these sexual sins, all these things that were wrong among you, and he pleads with them. Paul's heart is going out there. I don't want to lose you. And he says to them, you are my beloved. I love you. I want you to be built up. As we finish this morning, I want you to consider this. Where do Christians find the power of God in their weaknesses? Where do they find it? This is how Paul sums it up. Chapter 13 and verse 4. He says, For he was crucified in weakness. Who's that? Christ. Here you have a demonstration of Christ's weakness. He's God in the flesh. His weakness is evidently a flesh. He dies in the flesh. But again, Christ goes to be with the Father in paradise. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. What is he saying there? He says, Christ in his weakness died, but he rose again. He was resurrected. He came back to life by God's power. And is that power is the power of God, the power, the saving power of God that we rely on and we look to. That's the power we want resting upon us. That in whatever weaknesses, even in the face of death, we trust in God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. What's he saying here? Yes, we're weak. As Christ had his weakness and he died and he overcame it and conquered sin, he came back to life. We as well have a weakness, but we look forward to one day rising again, being resurrected, to live again by the power of God. How did Jesus live by the power of God? He did it through the gospel that saves us. This morning, if you never heard the gospel, it's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ, and it is the power of God for salvation. That's how we're saved. That's where God's grace and forgiveness comes through. And I ask you, as Paul asked the Corinthians, as he finished up his epistle, he says, will you pass the test? He says, examine yourselves and see whether you will pass the test. How are you boasting? How do you speak of yourself? Are you trusting and relying on God? Are you boasting and speaking against others? And then Paul does this as well. I think a very beautiful scripture. I want to read one of these for you. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. But Paul here encourages the church to pray for restoration. I encourage you this morning to do the same thing. If you're struggling in the midst of hardships and you wonder, God, why haven't you heard my prayers? There's a reason behind that, and it's God's grace. He wants his power to rest upon you. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. He says, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. 
We want the restoration. Where is God's grace? And we can find it in our own weaknesses, our struggles. I know there's many among us right now, whether we're struggling with sin or hardship or slander, or whatever we might be dealing with, turn it over to God. Boast in your weaknesses. The truth is, is when we ask the question, where is God's grace? And we wonder after praying to him, what's going to happen? We need to be asking ourselves, where is my faith? Where is my hope? And where is my love? Do I believe that God will bring me through? You know, I think about the examples in the scriptures of Job, who was brought through his trials. I think of Joseph, who was enslaved and then imprisoned. And 13 years of his life, from age 17 to 30, he was probably wondering, God, what are you doing? Why am I going through this? Until God blessed him, and he prevailed. Have hope. Have faith. Believe in your Creator that He's going to bring you through in whatever you're going through. Boast of your weaknesses. Most of all, love God. And if you love Him, you'll keep His commandments. This morning, God's grace is sufficient for you. It is enough. Boast in your weaknesses, your hardships, the insults that you may face. I ask you this morning, do you want to know God's grace? When you become a Christian, you would come to know God very personally. You know His grace. You know His forgiveness that washes away all sins, that He makes us holy. The Bible says that God's grace teaches us and trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. This morning, if you want to be saved, obey the gospel. And this is how you obey the gospel. Romans 6 and verse 17 says, obey the gospel. And Colossians 2 and Romans 6 is you do this. You believe and you confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he rose from the dead. And you die to your sins and you repent and you be buried in the waters of baptism. And it's from out of baptism, which is a burial, that you rise up into the newness of life. That's where you start the new life. That's when you rise up and your sins have been washed away. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 says, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, it says this, Now this baptism now saves you. Not as a washing of the filth of the flesh, but as an appeal to God from a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning, if you want to be saved and obey the gospel, you can do that. You'll put Christ on in baptism. I hope that you will, these coming weeks, will think more of God's grace, his forgiveness. Turn your life even more over to him and trust in him. May God bless you in doing that. I encourage you, if you need prayers, let us pray with you. I encourage you to come right now while we stand, while we sing. Please come.